And Jesus says, whoever's with me is a gatherer, whoever's against me is a scatterer. Okay, those are the two kinds of people that we can be. And hearing that, our reaction might be, oh, well, I want to be a gatherer. And that would be a good reaction. But wait, because there's more. The very next verse, Jesus says, therefore, therefore, I tell you, verse 31, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. But the blasphemy against the spirit will not be forgiven. Now, you know that words like therefore are very important. It, it connects verses 30 and 31. Um, so we can say, even while we're scratching our heads about what is this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, we can at least say that there's a connection between this idea of gathering and scattering um, and this unforgivable sin. There's a connection between the unforgivable sin and whether we are gatherers with Jesus or scatterers against him. And that's going to be important as we try to understand what Jesus is talking about here. We'll come back to that. Then Jesus goes on, verse 32. And whoever speaks against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So what have we got so far? Two categories. Gatherer with Jesus. Scatterer against Jesus. And we know that there's some connection between these two categories and these awful sins that Jesus talks about. They're all awful, by the way. Let's not only home in on blasphemy against the Holy Spirit and try and work out what all what that is. Blasphemy of any kind is awful. The Pharisees have just been blaspheming in saying that Jesus is working in partnership with the devil himself. But Jesus says there are some of these awful sins, some of these blasphemies that will be forgiven and some that won't. I'm going to suggest that we keep going, that we read the rest and everything will become clearer. The next verse, verse 33, Jesus says, he gives us another image, trees with fruit. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and its fruit bad for the tree is known by its fruit. OK, so we've got gatherers and scatterers and now we've got trees, good trees producing good fruit and bad trees producing bad fruit. I'm going to keep building up this this image uh, of what Jesus is saying. Um, this is a. Many of you are much more experienced Bible studiers than me. I found this to be to be helpful just to to get everything on the table, just to try to track with what is Jesus saying? What's Jesus saying that I can understand and, and get down? And then and, and, and how, how does it link together and how's he linking it together? Um, so we've got gatherers and scatterers. We've got good trees producing good fruit and bad trees producing bad fruit. What does he say next? Verse 34. Remember, he's still talking uh, to these Pharisees. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you're evil? So that they're, they're trying to to speak good apart from, well, they think that they're speaking good, but actually we've just heard them speak the most evil, haven't we? They think they're speaking good, but he says, you are evil. How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Okay, so we can add to the trees that the trees are a picture of our heart. Jesus, in all that he's doing here, he's giving us these two categories, gatherer, scatterer, good tree, bad tree, 
And now he's saying he connects that that speaking as being like the fruit of the tree. And, and the speaking that we've heard from the Pharisees is bad fruit. It shows that the, the tree is bad. And, and then he gives us another picture. He says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So, so the tree, the good tree, bad tree, really is like saying good heart, bad heart. Okay, two categories, good heart, bad heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, and then he gives us a, another picture, which I won't put on the slide. Our, our hearts are like treasure chests filled with good, good treasure or filled with evil treasure. And, and out of the overflow of those hearts, out of the overflow of that treasurer, our mouths speak. So just as the, the type of tree predicts the type of fruit, apple trees bear apples, cherry trees produce cherries, thorn bushes produce thorns. Jesus says, think about your words. And that's your fruit. That's your heart overflow. Why don't you do that for a minute? Let's do that together. Think about your words. Your words are the overflow of your heart, says Jesus Christ. My words are the overflow of my heart. I wonder, have you ever spoken carelessly. If you have, you need to hear these words, shocking words, verses 36 and 37. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. The fruit of our hearts are words. And the fruit of a bad heart are careless words. Jesus says every person will have to give an account for every careless word spoken. And by your words, you will be condemned. Have you ever spoken a careless word? Have you ever said an unkind word, an unkind sentence, an unkind tirade against somebody? Have you ever sworn? Have you ever spoken in selfish anger? Have you ever said anything unkind or untrue about anyone? And regretted it. And I think probably the answer to all those questions for all of us is yes. Perhaps several times in the last week. Some of us struggle more with our words than others. Some of us are our struggle is that we don't speak when we should. But that's another matter. Jesus Christ looks you and me in the eye. And he says, you have to give an account for every careless word you have ever spoken. And those words will condemn you. And suddenly we realise that without Jesus, we find ourselves in the in the category on the right here. You see, I, I, I was 
I was reading and I, and I was listening to Jesus and I, and I thought, yeah, I'm a gatherer with Jesus. Any careless words? Those careless words are the overflow of a careless heart. Those selfish words are the overflow of a selfish heart. That's the bad fruit that Jesus is talking about. We bring evil out of our treasure boxes. Because out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouths have spoken. We've spoken carelessly because we are careless. We said unkind things because there's unkindness in our hearts. We've acted selfishly because there's selfishness in our hearts. We need a saviour. We need a saviour. Remember Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount earlier in Matthew's Gospel, and he calls for drastic action against sin. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, then tear it out and throw it away, because it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into to hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. But you know what the problem is that Jesus has just nailed here in chapter 12 in our passage? It's not my eye that causes me to sin. It's not my hand that causes me to sin. It's my heart. Not, not, the, not the beating muscle, but, but my heart, who I am. I can't just tear that out or cut that off. I need a new heart. I need to be made new. I need the promised Messiah, the son of David, who can cleanse people from evil within them, who can open blind eyes, as we just saw in verse 22, when what he did for the, the demon oppressed man. He opened blind eyes. He can do that for me. He can give a new heart. And this is the wonderful news of this passage. You see, we need a savior. Our words are careless and just like in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, if you are guilty of being angry at someone, you're guilty of the sin of murder. Well, similarly, if we have careless words, that is in the same line, the same family as blasphemy. And blasphemy leads to condemnation. Jesus said earlier, didn't he, by your words, you will be justified. By your words, you will be condemned. But there's wonderful news in this passage. Because for those with bad hearts, and I'm looking at you and I'm looking at myself. For those with bad hearts, those who utter careless words, those who even utter blasphemies against Jesus himself, like the Pharisees have just done, there is hope. In, in this, okay, just here, I'm going to put a little yellow box. You see this, this section here? We'll get to blasphemy against the spirit, which cannot be forgiven. But even up to the point of blasphemies against Jesus himself, even up to the point of blasphemies against the Son of Man, there is hope for forgiveness. Jesus has grace even for these Pharisees who are blaspheming in his face. Therefore, I tell you, beginning of verse 31, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people. Beginning verse 32, whoever speaks against the Son of Man will be forgiven. 
So there, there's opportunity to forgiveness. Jesus here is warning the Pharisees that they are on the path to judgment. They're on the path to being condemned forever. But even their blasphemies against him, the son of man, the son of David, the Messiah standing right in front of them, even those blasphemies, which they have shamefully spoken to his face against all sense and, uh, and, and logic, just out of the hatred of their hearts, even that can be forgiven if they will turn from their hatred and hostility and turn to him there is hope for forgiveness my friends for them and for us that is our hope our hope is jesus christ our hope for forgiveness do you have a a heart that brings forth careless words do you have a bad heart i do by nature and jesus is the one who can cleanse and we know That that is the right interpretation of this passage because of the rest of Scripture. Take Saul of Tarsus, for example. He was a super Pharisee. He was a Christian killer. He was a church destroyer. He was a Christ persecutor, a blasphemer. And yet in Acts chapter nine, he was confronted by Jesus. He realized who Jesus was. Jesus opened his eyes. Saul repented and he found life and forgiveness in Jesus. He went from being a scatterer to being a gatherer. Blasphemy can be forgiven. Even the worst blasphemies can be forgiven. So what is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? What is blasphemy? against the Holy Spirit. Do you remember the link between verses 30 and 31? Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Whoever is with me gathers, whoever's against me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, all these other sins and blasphemies will be forgiven except for the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is something that we are guilty of when we never move from that category of scatterers, to gatherers, when we never receive and embrace the forgiveness that is available for all our other blasphemies. How do we know when someone has committed blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Well, it's when they've been in that scatterer category so long that they never move from it. Remember that that yellow box? It covered everything in the In the scattering category, everything can be forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Resisting the work of the Holy Spirit to show you the Saviour, to show you the Son of David, to bring him to your knees before him. If you resist that until your last breath, then the blasphemy of the Spirit has been filled up in you. 
And looking around at, at others, it's not our place to judge. We can't know for sure whether anyone uh, is at that point. There's always hope as long as someone's living. Look at Saul of Tarsus, whose story I just told. Look at the thief on the cross who in his dying moments turned and put his hope in Jesus Christ and received assurance. But up until that point, he, he had been blaspheming against God. He had be, His heart was against God. He was greedy. He'd done all kinds of stuff, stuff that resulted in being nailed to a cross. He was a criminal. And yet when he put it, all of his hope on Jesus in that last moment, he received the assurance that he would be received into paradise. There's always hope as long as someone's living. Look at John Newton, the, the blasphemer and the slave trader. The, I've just been reading a book about William Wilberforce and, and the slave trade uh, in the you know, 16th, 17th, 18th centuries. It was awful. I mean, the, the stuff that John Newton was involved in, who was one of the slave traders. And yet God took a hold of him. And he, this blasphemer, this horrible man, was he received forgiveness and he was transformed into the most amazing, tender hearted Pastor, he wrote Amazing Grace. He did so much. The Lord did so much through him. Sometimes Christians worry that they have committed an unforgivable sin. But if if what I've said, if what I've tried to unpack from from Scripture here, if that's faithful to the Bible, and I believe it is, obviously, then it is not possible to be a believer, someone who's been forgiven in Jesus Christ, someone who's moved from from the scattering side to the gathering side, someone who's received forgiveness, someone whose heart is being renewed in them. It's not possible to be someone in that gathering category and to be guilty of that sin. If you are worried Today, if you're worried as you read that passage that you've committed blasphemy against the spirit, that's usually a very strong indicator that you haven't, because blasphemy against the spirit usually comes with a hard heart, always comes with a hard heart. You know, the the, the path that those Pharisees were on against Jesus, they were heading towards blasphemy against the spirit. And we don't know what happened to them. We know that some of them, like Nicodemus, um, came to trust in Jesus. But we, we don't know what happened to all of them. Some of them will have been guilty of blasphemy against the spirit. But some of them, what Jesus was holding out hope for forgiveness to all of them, wasn't he? To anyone who turned. Jesus didn't say these words to condemn the Pharisees, I don't think, but to warn them. He doesn't say you have committed blasphemy against the spirit, but he does show them that they're in danger. And so what does it mean for us? What does it mean for you and me today? Well, we have a warning in this passage. To us and to those around us, do not stand against Jesus. Don't stand against Jesus. Don't harden your heart against him. Now, today, come to him while you can. Don't leave it another day where where you continue to harden your heart against him. If, if you've wandered away, if you're walking away, if you're just kind of watch it, w- watching this, you know, jo- joining this Zoom out of habit, 
but your heart's not close to the Lord and you're getting harder and you're you're indulging sin, you're indulging desires that are against God. Turn, come to him while you can. Join him, receive a new heart. Jesus cleanses. That demon possessed man. Oh, his life was not necessarily easy when he came to Jesus. Jesus, as as we said at the beginning, said to his disciples that they would suffer for following him. But oh, to be in the family of the son of David, to be a citizen of heaven, to know God personally. Do you see signs of that Pharisee heart in yourself? That self-love. Humble yourself. Realize you're not the savior, but Jesus is and come to him. He's the one who never uttered a careless word in his life. No word of sin was ever in his mouth. He is the only one who, when he hears those words that on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. Jesus is the only one who can be confident in himself. He's the only one who never spoke a careless word, never spoke an unloving word. His words were all loving, were all good because they were all the overflow of a truly good heart full of good treasure. And yet he, the good one on the cross, was willing to be treated as a blasphemer treated, condemned like we deserve to be, willingly punished and shamed in our place so that we could be forgiven. Come to him. Repent means turn. Come to Jesus and and believe. Put your hope in him like the thief on the cross did and worship. Worship. Worship him by praising him and worship him by gathering others to him. Do you remember what Jesus said? Whoever is with me gathers. Whoever's with Jesus gathers. Whoever's with him in our lives, in on our words and in our lifestyle choices, in everything that we do, it's our calling to gather people to him, to make disciples of all nations. That's where Matthew's going to end up in chapter 28. How do we respond to this passage that we've seen? We come to him again in humility. And we worship him in our lives by being gatherers. We have a call to make disciples of those around us and those around the world. Let us humble ourselves again before him and commit ourselves to serve the son of David, the king of kings who came to serve us and free us from evil and to gather us into his kingdom and to use us in his work of gathering many into his kingdom. He is a good God. Let's pray, shall we? Father, I thank you for your word. And we worship you, Jesus, we worship you, son of David, eternal king. You are the king that we all want. You are the king that we all need. We do not in and of ourselves have good hearts. We speak carelessly because we don't care as we should. 
we speak unkindly because we are unkind. Our evil, careless, selfish words reflects evil, carelessness, selfishness in our hearts. But Jesus, you were caring, you were selfless. You were kind, you were good, and you are all those things today. Thank you for going to the cross. Thank you for being willing to be treated as a blasphemer for me. Oh, Lord, would you make us gather us? Would you change our hearts, cleanse our hearts, renew our hearts so that less and less we're speaking those careless words and more and more by your spirit, we're speaking those kind words. Good words, strong words like Jesus was speaking here in our passage. And as you change our hearts and as you make us kinder and more loving would you equip us and enable us to gather to gather others into your kingdom our lord give us the the pleasure of speaking even in lockdown by by phone or by zoom or 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 by email by letter whatever way speaking to somebody about you And Lord, would you give give us the privilege of being part of that work of gathering people into your kingdom? Father, we thank you for your goodness and your word. Thank you that you meet our needs. Pray your blessing on all who are watching and listening now. Thank you so much, Lord. Such a good God. Amen.